0: Hear the word of our Lord from Micah, chapter 2, beginning in the first verse. Woe to those who devise wickedness and work evil on their beds! When the morning dawns, they perform it because it is in the power of their hand. They covet fields and seize them, and houses and take them away. They oppress a man and his house, a man and his inheritance, Therefore thus says the Lord, Behold, against this family I am devising disaster, from which you cannot remove your necks, and you shall not walk haughtily, for it will be a time of disaster. And that day they shall take up a taunt song against you and moan bitterly and say, We are utterly ruined. He changes the portion of my people, how he removes it from me. To an apostate he allots our fields. Therefore you will have none to cast the line by lot in the assembly of the Lord. Hear the word of our Lord again from Proverbs chapter 6, starting in the 16th verse. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. What can we say about the Qumran community? What can we say about the Dead Sea Scrolls? After having spent 32 installments reading all of them to you, and having done my homework as to the nature of this desert community, I can only conclude that this was an evil cult whose writings belong in the dustbin of history. Their influence must be counteracted, and the memory of them ought to be blotted out with the exception of a salutary warning for all Christians everywhere, To mark and avoid Qumran and Qumranism. Why is that, you might ask? If we go back to our Proverbs reading that we just had here, what do we say? There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Let's go over this, because Qumran perfectly fits the bill. Haughty eyes. Qumran engaged in race worship. They truly believed and even said explicitly that one of their hopes, their dreams, and their goals was to see every last Gentile dead. Because they were so special, you see. And the Gentiles were just so unspecial. It was race worship and therefore severe idolatry. God hates it. A lying tongue. These are people who took the word of God in the Old Testament and mangled it to force it to say what they wanted. These are people who lied through their pseudepigrapha claiming to be somebody like Moses or Amram or Jeremiah or any number of other people in order to make dead men say what they wanted. Oh yes, lies are foundational to the Qumran community. Because to them, truth is about what gets you what you want, not what God has truly relayed to us in his word. Hands that shed innocent blood. Because of their out-and-out hatred of the so-called Kittim, the Greeks and the Romans, all Gentiles, there is absolutely the case that Qumran encouraged People to rebel against the Romans. They encouraged and warped people's minds to get them to engage in fruitless violence. Slaughtering innocent people, as was the case with the beginning of the Jewish revolt in 66 AD and the kickoff of the Simon Bar Kokhba revolt. Absolutely. These were people who, if they could not have shed innocent blood, were miserable that they could not. They fantasized about it. They coveted it. They wanted death, pure and simple. A heart that devises wicked plans. What else is the war scroll what else is the so-called collection of prophecies where all they do is plan out everything they want and then they force people to give up their individuality to give up their freedoms for slogging ugly law keeping in their community rule oh yes they also got filthy rich, as we saw with the treasure map in the end. In the Copper Scroll, the Qumran community got rich through oppressing their own people, taking their money, taking their stuff in order to fund their little plans and squirrel away all this wealth. That's right. A wicked plan is absolutely being hatched if you get to live high on the hog while the people that follow your cult are living in squalor, as they most certainly were in Qumran. Feet that make haste to run to evil. How did they do that? Well, don't forget that these were people who engaged in open idolatry. They loved the thought of worshipping other gods alongside the true God of the Bible, and they made preparations with temple furnishings, as we see again in the Copper Scroll, to put that stuff there once they thought their war was won they had the kind of hastening towards evil that says, oh, you don't just run towards evil. You have to have some foresight so that you not only run to evil in your little home, in your little ascetic community, but you also make sure that once all the pieces fit in place, once that Tetris four-line block disappears, you run as fast as you can to do more evil. A false witness who breathes out lies. Remember, the Qumran community believed that everybody that was not them was either a Gentile dog that should be slaughtered, or, alternatively, that they were an evil apostate that must be either forced into the covenant community or also slaughtered, just like the Gentile dog. They bore false witness about literally everybody in Jerusalem, Their book, their collection, the Dead Sea Scrolls, is nothing if it is not full of falsehoods and false witness. And then finally, one who sows discord among brothers. They were sectarians. They were sectarians with a priest behind them. One who left his own Levitical duties at this time in the era of the Old Covenant to go start a cult to go out there with the Essenes, to go poke at the Pharisees and the Sadducees, to start arguments, to debate about everything in legitimacy, and to start writing false books, which can only sow discord among the faithful. Six of these things God hates. Seven of them are an abomination. Given that Qumran engaged in this, and we just read several hundred pages of evidence demonstrating that this is what they were about, what else can I conclude other than that God hates the works of this community and everything Qumran was about was an abomination to him? There is a reason there is no Qumran community today and I don't care what the historians say. I don't care what the forensics say about their potty habits. They were very unsanitary, by the way. I don't care what all those people say. The real reason that this Qumran community went extinct is because of the wrath of God on their works. They truly hated the word of God. They hated the message. They absolutely opposed Christianity when it came out. What else can be said except that God, for the sake of humanity, cursed this group to disappear and for their writings to be left in caves for 1900 years. Do not let anyone tell you. That these people had the inside track with God. Do not permit a single person out there. I don't care what letters come after their name. If it's P and H and D, or if it is T and H and D, or if it is M-D-I-V, whatever the letters that come after their stupid name, don't listen to them. Don't. There's an entire cottage industry right now with all sorts of people trying to advocate for the Qumranic calendar. There are Hebrew roots people trying to claim that Qumran were the real good guys and here's why we need to listen to them. There are all sorts of people. There's the Pesher method of Barbara Thiering and so many others. Oh yes, at some point I'm going to get my hands on some of these resources and we will add some addenda to the Reading and Evaluating the Dead Sea Scrolls series. But suffice it to say, for now, capping off everything we've been saying now, for 33 installments, this piggy needs to be slaughtered. And we should abominate everything regarding these scrolls. Why, you might ask. What is with the stick up my behind about the Qumran community in the Dead Sea Scrolls? You see, it is not just that it is false teaching. Lord knows there are false teachings out there. There are a dime a dozen. they are absolutely everywhere. Why am I so upset about this? It is because Qumran lays the groundwork for endless heresies. Absolutely everywhere. You have henotheism. You have hyper-Calvinism. You have Pelagianism at the same time as hyper-Calvinism. You have Gnosticism there. You have ecclesiolatry. You have weird Christ-denying covenant obsession and law worship. So you definitely have a Judaizing heresy. The apothesis theology, or divinization theology of Mormonism, is there. And absolutely, with the way that the Qumran community mutilated the Bible, there is the denial that the scriptures are the word of God. I can't find one heretical cult, or one extremist version of denominations out there, that doesn't seem to take a cue from Qumran, This community, with their teachings, with their writings, seems to form the Ur-cult, the primordial soup from which every heresy and cult emerges. It is the platonic ideal of cult, of nasty religious community that abuses its own people and fills their heads with lies. Oh, you think the people's temple was bad. Oh, you think Jim Jones was bad with the Kool-Aid, the purple drink they were forcing people to drink out there, surrounding them with weapons? Oh, you think it's so bad that Jim Jones was taking people's money and putting them in a room somewhere, having them obey all these rules and, you know, just be at his disposal? Well, Qumran did it first. They were the very first to do this in the community rule. Give up all your stuff. Become our slave. Don't you ever say anything wrong to one of the council elders or else we are going to put you out of the community and promise you that you are damned until you've done your extreme penance and found yourself in our good graces again. Oh, you think Mormonism is wrong. You disagree with Joseph Smith and Brigham Young paying mere lip service to the God of the Bible while adding tons and tons and tons of gods with this DIY morality of following their laws and their rules through the endless Doctrine and Covenant documents? Qumran did it first. Oh, absolutely, they were the very first to codify this and to say that this was moral and righteous and we need to have images of other gods in the temple. They are the South Park Simpsons did it meme of cults. They did it first. They're the Unit 731 Laboratory of War Crimes against the Christian faith and against the scriptures. It seems to me the Qumran was the devil's cauldron wherein he started throwing ingredients into the pot to see what would stick. And it reemerged in the 20th century just to see how many people would glom onto this. And I don't believe that there is any coincidence that the Dead Sea Scrolls reemerged during that time. What was the number one motivation behind the Qumran community? If I had to hazard a guess, an educated guess, it would be feelings of total powerlessness. The Romans were in charge. After a brief respite from the Greeks being in charge and the Persians before them and the Babylonians before them, these were a people that were tired of others being in charge and they were tired of seeing compromisers that were supposed to be fighting for them giving in to what their enemies wanted. Oh, yes. The 20th century is pockmarked all over with instances of hostile foreign groups ruling over host populations. It is absolutely a period of time when people were told and taught to hate themselves, to betray their own people, and to submit to a yoke of oppression. No wonder the devil pulled out the Dead Sea Scrolls during this time to tempt people to have the same hyper, violent, self-worshipping, ugly feelings and thoughts as the Qumran community, even going so far as to advocate for outright race worship. With promises of some sort of dispensational cleansing for a political kingdom on earth where finally you get to have your way and watch all the people you hate die in times of frustration, in times of oppression, this is a serious temptation. And the Dead Sea Scrolls come out at just such a time as This And so they proliferate with the big, fat, ugly myth that these people in the Qumran community were faithful believers in the Bible. They were faithful scribes that copied the scriptures down for everybody to see. It was just so amazing. And that's how it gets you. It hooks you in. You start looking into the Dead Sea Scrolls going, wow, they have a copy of Isaiah. What else did they teach? Oh, they taught about the giant scroll. Oh, they taught about Amram and Moses and Jeremiah. And oh my, look at how insightful they were about the Hasmonean dynasty and the Greeks. You know, this feels awfully similar to what my pastor was telling me about the millennium. Oh, this feels so, so similar to what he was saying about predestination. Oh my goodness, it, this has to be the truth. Maybe I should start learning Hebrew. Perhaps I should get circumcised. You know what, we should start reading the Talmud because there's, there's a clear line of genealogical descent here where we could actually look at where these people are that have the inside track with God. Funny how that works. And the Dead Sea Scrolls function with the few copies of Scripture that are actual Scripture there as something of a gateway drug. the proliferation of false teachings and the mindset that gives birth to endless cults that was originally born in Qumran. This doesn't belong in museums. This doesn't belong in libraries. This shouldn't be republished. I should not have this copy here of the Dead Sea Scrolls in my hand. It shouldn't be a thing for us. Again, It should only exist as a salutary warning that this is what you don't do. This is what faith is not. The sheer frustration that people feel at their current circumstances with the oppressors, with the lack of identity, with the evils of our age, That feeling of frustration, that feeling of powerlessness, should have a response of faith in Christ, of right conduct in our lives. It should be following the tack of what Jeremiah the prophet tells the exiles. Do your best to be faithful where you are. Yes, I know it is hard. The only way out is through. The improper response, the poor response, the heretical and ugly response that Qumran has of let's sit in a corner and fantasize about how one day God is going to kill all of my enemies and isn't that just going to be great? I can't wait to dance on their graves. That's going to lead you straight to hell. Now I don't know when we're going to continue this series. If anybody wants to send me a copy of all the hucksters and the people selling something, trying to make money out of that, uh, the P.O. box is at verylutheran.biz. Otherwise, we're going to have to wait a while for me to be able to afford some of these books and these things to review and criticize for their shameless attempts at getting money based on your frustrations. But until then, our Lord bless you and keep you in the faithful pure word of God, which if you follow it, if you hear it, if you hear the invitation by Jesus Christ to be cleansed of all of your sins in holy baptism and to hear the promise of eternal life when these things won't be a problem, you'll find yourself having a much better fate than the Qumran community would have had for you. Until we continue this later on, catch y'all next time. Amen and amen.